Okay, welcome everyone to the first EBT SDSU based podcast. I'm Evan Anderson, joined here by Jason. Jason, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, Jason, uh, I am, of course, Jason Freund. I've done a lot of things. I have my own podcast I ran for a bit. I don't know if it's going to come back yet. I think it might, but well, it's a TBD. But so far on this Sunday afternoon, technically, yeah, it's pretty good. I can't complain. The sun's shining where I am. The Everything seems to be decent. I haven't watched any football yet, so I've been trying to, but yeah. There's some pretty good games going on. But yesterday, SDSU got handed a tragic loss to Colorado State. Boy. Oh, yes. You want to just go through a little bit of how that game went? <laughs> oh, let's, let, let's, let's discuss this. This is going to be a joy to talk about. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's also going to hurt, too, because I have yeah. a cousin who lives in Colorado State, and he was talking all matters of trash. So yeah. I think, you know, if you mind, if I kick it off, if you don't Yeah, mind. go for it. Yeah, so San Diego State started off, like, rapid fire. Like, even their – even the Rams head coach, I – don't quote me on his name. I can't think of it right now. But the, the coach of the uh, Rams basketball team, he even called it, like, a blitzkrieg in the first, like, 10 minutes of the game, just Aztecs sinking three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. And then they just kind of went cold for the rest of the game. I mean, like, when I was watching there, I, I saw, like, them just, like, drain and three-pointer after three-pointer. And then it just – we saw just the pendulum shift. SDSU got outscored 29-15 to 15 to end the first half. That's not – how a top 25 team should perform in a game like this against Colorado State. Yeah, absolutely insane. That blown lead actually is the Mountain West Conference lead. It, it made history. No mm-hmm. Mountain West Conference game has had a bigger lead blown, which for SCSU fans who are coming off the amazing season with Malachi Flynn last year, we were ranked earlier and then we got downgraded this win could have put SDSU back into the top 25. And Mm -hmm. who knows if they'll be back in the top 25 after this year or after that game. It's honestly a good question because after that loss to BYU and they dropped out, they looked like a team possessed against St. Mary's. Like they went in on a mission to beat St. Mary's and beat them good. And they did beat them good. And they dropped in the AP poll because they were 26 earlier. And then they were ranked 27th. They got ranked in the coaches' poll. And now with this Colorado State loss, look, this, this loss won't kill them. It's not going to kill their season. They could still hop back in the top 25 maybe later on in the season, but it's going to be a much more difficult climb. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, blowing a 26-point lead, that is huge. But as you said in the first half, the Aztecs were on fire. They shot 50%. For mm-hmm. the first half, which is ridiculously good. I think that's highlighted by Terrell Gomez. He was the transfer who, earlier in the season, he hadn't found his footing with the SDSU offense. But recently, he's kind of on fire for being such a small guy. His defense, he's aggressive on defense. And then he can shoot the three-pointer like no other. In the first half alone, he had 14 points for them from deep, and then he had a jump shot on a fast break. I'm loving his play style recently. 
Well, the thing about Terrell Gomez, he, I, I believe that Terrell Gomez holds the three-point percentage record at Cal State Northridge, where the where he previously transferred from. He, it did take him a little bit of time. I think, I think, like you said, about four games in, he was kind of a little slow, not really pulling in the pulling in a lot of points and not showing on the stat sheet. But recently, we've seen Terrell Gomez or TG, as people like to call him, just be on fire, just making nothing but baskets every time. I mean, I mean, let me just pull up his uh, stat sheet real quickly. I have it. Uh, yes, here it is. Uh, yeah, Terrell Gomez played 30 minutes, 7 of 15 of field goals, 5 of 9 on three-point shooting. He had 19 overall points. This is a guy that the, SD, that the Aztecs kind of need to have in, in the lineup. I mean, he's always going to be coming off the bench. He's kind of filling that Matt Mitchell role that last year when Mitchell was, like, uh, always coming off the bench. He was a sixth man. This is what kind of Gomez's role is now. But with the struggles of a certain player, of some, some players, I think it might be time to discuss Terrell Gomez shifting into the lineup, into the starting five. Well, let's look at that. So Adam Seiko got his first career start this game. Mm-hmm. And that was because Aguk Arobe was out with a non-COVID-related illness. So Seiko was able to fill in. And to Seiko's credit, he did step up. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, Go for uh, it. Okay. Also... I think it is also pronounced Aguek Arop. It's, it's kind of a weird name, I know. Yeah. But his name is Aguek Arop, and he did, it did come out with um, stomach illness is what it came out with. It was a non-COVID-19 related stomach illness that he was not able to be there. I actually attended this game with a press pass. I write for a school, my school newspaper at San Diego State, taking pictures, and Aguek was on the court like during initial warmups. Like I saw Aguek on the court, he was taking some shots. But after the Aztecs came back out, he was nowhere to be seen. So I guess they decided to just maybe keep him around, keep him in the keep him in the medical facility, make sure he was okay. But I agree with you, uh, Adam Seiko. I wasn't expecting it to be Seiko to be the starter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it would be like Josh Batomayek or Terrell Gomez that would come in and step in as the fifth starter. But they went with Seiko, and to his credit, yes, Seiko did a really – did a, did a serviceable job. Four of six. All of his shots were three-pointers. He took four of six three-pointers, and he finished with 12 points. So I think maybe we could start seeing Shake Shack back into the lineup soon. Or, no, that's Shackle. I'm sorry. That's his nickname. <laughs> I'm getting the mic- nicknames messed up, messed up now. But, no, we can see. I think I like Seiko's performance, especially for his first start. I think he's, he's definitely earned this. Yeah, and on top of that, all Aztecs play elite defense, but he, one of the top-tier defenders for the Aztecs, really great mm-hmm. off the bench, and I believe, oh no, it's Gomez who did have four steals. Seiko didn't have any, but Seiko's always a elite threat on defense. Yeah, and Seiko's, then, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead, my bad. While we're on the subject of guards, though, can we talk about Trey Pulliam's lack of scoring? He shot 0 for 4 for the day, and he's never the scoring threat, but it'd be nice if your starters are scoring points more than two points in the game. Oh, man. See, coming into this season, I think everyone had this expectation of Trey Pulliam not exactly being a scorer, but kind of being the guy who could pass the ball around. He could rack up the assists and be a ball protector. He's kind of forgotten that role, though, because now he's taking more shots and they're just not sinking into the bucket. It's just, I mean, this is a guy, whenever 
when I see Trey Pulliam, I see him go up, go drive to the basket, but then stop, hesitate, and pull up for a two point, long two-point shot. What Trey Pulliam needs to do, if he's going to try and make some baskets, make some points, he needs to focus on driving to the, la- driving to the lane and going for an easy layup and go for two there. Or if nothing's there, try and pass to one of your big men, like Nathan Mensah or Joshua Tamayek, which is their job to be in the paint and just pass to them and get a, get a bucket right there. It's, it's just disappointing from Trey Pulliam. I know he's disappointed in it, but his shot is not looking good right now. I'm sorry to say that, but it's just not. Yeah, so I, I do believe Pulliam will be a starter because of his ability to make plays, his ball handling, as you mentioned, and he still put up, I believe, six assists in this game, which is nothing to scoff at. But, yeah, I mean, Pulliam, he had five rebounds, four penalties, six assists, and a steal, too. So for not scoring, for barely scoring any points, it's still not a bad day at the office for his standards. But if you're going to start for this Aztec team, you got to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, so I could see Gomez maybe not taking over the starting job, but really getting close to an even split on those minutes with a Pulliam or Seiko or AG. Just, he's going to find some minutes in there. Well, and then, do you okay. want to talk about Nathan Mensa's performance this game? Oh, yes, yes, please. Because here's what I noticed from Colorado State. Because they had a very good strategy taking on the STSU big man. Nathan Mensah has been one of the key factors to our success so far on San Diego State. What they did was they double-covered, even triple-covered, Nathan Mensah or Joshua Tomayek inside the paint so they couldn't get a comfortable shot and force them to pass out. Eliminating that part of the offense is huge because you're basically cutting off a vital source of points from San Diego State. That is big cutting off Nathan Mensah. Yeah, completely agree. He is a big factor, typically one of their top scorers, but in this game, he only put up four points. Once again, just some of these guys who could score when you lose by so little, you look at just every little detail and say, if that went in, we win the game, or SEC wins the game. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, I mean, looking at, going back through the stat sheet right now and trying to see what's going on, I think what I've noticed about Joshua Tomayek is sometimes he can get in trouble with the fouls. Like, he, he's a big guy, yeah, but he can get in foul trouble. He only had two fouls in his previous game. But I think it's something he needs to watch out for, especially coming, like, later into the game. Like, this is something that he's just got to be careful of. Well, I think SDSU really needs to focus on fouls, both giving up and taking fouls. SDSU mm-hmm. traditionally has shot very well from the three-point line. But this game, they were 7 from 12. And taking 12 free throw shots isn't that much. When you have big guys like Matt Mitchell who can really get in there, Nathan Mensa, you have guys who can drive and – force contact and then get a free shot, which they didn't really do. And Colorado State or SDSU does play Colorado State on Monday, I believe. Yes, so that's correct. it's going to be a matchup, uh, the same matchup. So maybe that's something to work on, forcing them into some foul trouble. I feel like they were pretty co- – Colorado State was pretty comfortable foul-wise throughout most of the game. They were very comfortable, especially going down the stretch, because they think what their, what their main strategy was – Going into this was, okay, if we're going to foul, try to foul the big men, such as Nathan Mensah, Keisha Johnson, Joshua Tamayek. 
they try to do it's kind of like what they did what um Andre Drummond he was a center in the NBA this kind of happens to him a lot too he struggles with the free throw line but he's an excellent defender so when he gets the ball and it comes down to that time they would foul him when he had the ball and if he misses the free throws then you obviously get a chance to come back in now to to be fair Keshaw Johnson missed two free throws in this game I think I I'm more than okay giving him a pass because that free those free throws came after he went for a dunk and he landed really hard on that shoulder. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that's the reason he only played five minutes in this game. But he took those free throws. I knew him like he's not making these. He's not <laughs> and it's understandable. I mean, I couldn't make those shots if I had my shoulder messed up like that. It's hard for even someone in the NBA to do that. Props to him for trying though, but I, I get why he missed them. Yeah, and so hopefully he will be a bigger factor in the next game. He, I am a big fan of Johnson. He's just an athlete who has a ton of energy. Off the bench, he can match up really well against opposing teams' benches. And he's, he has been a big factor in some of the earlier games in the season. But lately, I think he missed the ASU game due to coming in contact with someone who had a COVID yes. test. Then he's just been a little bit off. But uh, I was really upset when he got injured. and naturally was out for the rest of the game yeah but you have to remember too Keshaw Johnson he is still a sophomore so he's going to be coming back into play in the next couple of years he's not going to start this year because obviously one of the key starters in this team is Agwek Arap. Agwek will be starting or he should be starting on Monday uh don't quote me on that though because I'm not really sure if he's going to be starting on Monday hopefully he feels a little better with the stomach issues but Keshaw Johnson will be here next year. He might be here as a senior. He's already gotten NBA buzz when he was a freshman. Like, there were some talks saying, like, NBA guy's like, oh, my God, this guy, he's got great size. He's got a great shot. I mean, he can go up for a bat for a rebound. There was a lot of talk about us maybe talking about, hey, this kid could be a potential NBA prospect. He has a lot of time to make that up, though. But he'll get, he'll get back in play soon. Yeah, for sure. And one thing, we have to talk about one of the two main starters, Jordan Shackle. Shackle was really hot in the first half, but one of those players that just drastically cooled down in the second half, I believe he shot two for seven. He's one of the elite scorers. He did end up fouling out of the game, and his fifth foul actually gave Colorado State the lead with 12 seconds left in the game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan Shackle, he's the kind of guy who knows that he can't be getting into foul trouble. He knows that this, he is a leader on this team, and he cannot be doing that constantly. And that's just what happened to him. He got into a lot of foul, oh, excuse me, he got into foul trouble. And then you can't play a guy who has a lot of fouls because you don't want your, one of your top shooters to foul out. That's kind of the dilemma that Brian Dutcher was put in during this game. Yeah, and so you just mentioned Dutcher. I've seen a few calls after this saying Brian Dutcher should not be the coach for the Aztecs. He, he's an establishment. He is the Aztecs. Most of these players are here for four years or so, and they move on. The mainstay is the head coach, Brian Dutcher, who has been here with Steve Fisher. I don't know how long he's been here, but most of the time I've been watching SDSU, he's at least been the assistant coach and now has taken over the head coach role. Yes. 
And Brian Dutcher was basically, when Steve Fisher arrived at San Diego State, Brian Dutcher showed up as well. He's basically, he was basically Steve Fisher's right-hand man for years and years. And then when it was finally time for Steve Fisher to maybe consider retiring, Dutcher became kind of that head coach in waiting. Like some, there were teams that tried to pry away Brian Dutcher, but he was loyal to San Diego State. He stayed here with Steve Fisher. And now he owns one of the best college basketball records currently right now. I'm not going to say he's like no Coach K or anything. <laughs> no, but he has a great record. He has a great rapport with these players. The calls for Brian Dutcher's head are so, so just overreactionary. Mm-hmm. One game, we lost a single game. Yes, it was a collapse. Yes, I understand it's a fair, it's a bad loss, but it's one game. There's going to be losses that always happens. If we go on a losing streak to end, to end this season, sure, call for his head. But for now, let, let's roll back on the uh, fire Dutcher talks. For now, let's put them, let's, let's just shelve those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really agree with that. And perhaps Dutcher's biggest test now is how are you going to change the game plan against Colorado State? His first half, if he replicates that, they're slaughtering. But oh, yeah. the second half, obviously, they broke down. There was some questions when Colorado State went on that uh, run at, to end the first period saying, Dutcher, why didn't you call timeout and just slow things down, talk over with your team and figure out a game plan just to kill their momentum a little bit? He didn't end up doing it. But So if you're Brian Dutcher, let's say this, what okay. are you changing for next game against the same exact opponent? If I'm Brian Dutcher, I see I'm not I'm not the head coach, so I can't really explain. <laughs> but I will do my best. I will do my best to try and get this here. That's what we need. That's what we need. What I'm what I will do as Brian Dutcher, I need to create space in the paints. If you cannot score in the paint and get like Nathan, someone like Nathan Mensah free to get those easy twos, you're already at a disadvantage. You need to create space here. And also, just let your big men be big men. Let them just bully the people who are defending them. I mean, even even maybe have Matt Mitchell try and go small and just bully those other kinds of, like, guards and forwards and get those twos. And then, when people focus so much on the paint, which is, well, that's kind of what they did earlier in the game, you you free up your three-point shooters. You got, like, Shackle. You got guys like Gomez out there. And for God's sakes, keep Trey Pulliam as the as a ball protector and someone who can just pass the ball around and if Trey Pulliam will go for shots again just drive the lane take a shot with the layup boom yeah well from I totally agree with you on you know opening up the inside opening up the paint we I would say the Aztecs got a little bit lucky with their three-point shooting Colorado State coming into this game their opponents had shot like 21 percent from deep insanely difficult this game the Aztecs shot 46.7 percent from the three-point line um that's really good and it's a great item to replicate but Colorado State might go back to their bread and butter and heavily defend the outside and if they do that there should be some openings in the paint you should be able to hit Mensa AG hopefully could be back in the game he's a big presence who can get in there Tomayich I think he can be a better scorer than he has been. 
maybe a little bit more confident with taking a shot or two and maybe posting up. There are some points right there, and that will wear them down. Colorado State doesn't have the depth that SDSU does, in my opinion. And so, also, oh, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, you go for it. All right, sweet. So what also you need to consider is, <clears throat> oh my God, I'm sorry. You need to defend the perimeter because what because they were Colorado State was matching San Diego State almost shot for shot with threes going into the second. You need to get into the perimeter and just defend better that three point better. Get more contested shots out there. That's what you need. And also, I don't mean to drag on these guys too much. I, don't <laughs> drag on. I suck at basketball. Like I never played. I, I I am an awful basketball player. Like you get me on the court, I'll be lucky to maybe hit a three pointer. <laughs> But the players, what I observed and what my friend observed as well is that they need to move off the ball more. They need to get off of the ball and just get, get, get some more ball movement going around. This is what the Aztecs do best, swing the ball around, find an open man, and when that man is open, hit him, go for a three-point shot, and, it's you, and it will always be money or most of the time be money. That's what Malachi Flynn was great with. He was an unselfish player, and despite being unselfish, he was still a first-round pick. Because he made his teammates better, which is just, you can't really put a stat to that. It's just that invaluable char- characteristic that a player can have. And Definitely. That's very necessary. Yeah. yeah. Also, just getting off of the paint, getting off the ball, it's going to help you on the paint more. Colorado State was, Colorado State had 24 points in the paint during that game. San Diego State, 12. 12 points in the paint. That is – it's not it's just not good. This is not what San Diego State does. They're, they're usually scoring almost 20, 25 points per game in the paint. Getting 12 points, that's basically like chopping off someone's left arm for San Diego State. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'm down – I'm basically down half of – I'm basically down half of this, so I'm, I'm gone half an offense, so we got to rely on three-point shooting now. And then Colorado State just zoned in the threes. That's kind of how they won. Yeah. Yeah, well, it will be a great matchup to check for Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts on the game or looking ahead for the Aztecs? This is honestly going to be a very good test for San Diego State. This – look, losses happen. This team only lost two games last year. They were 30-2. and two. They were incredible. And now they have two losses now. This is a character moment for them. I want to see how this team can respond to another loss. We saw how they did against BYU, how they did against St. Mary's. They came out like Godzilla. They destroyed, <laughs> dominated. Can they do that again to a similar opponent? And how will this schedule affect them? Because now you're facing the same team twice in a row. You've seen how they did the first time. How are you going to react to this? And how are you going to improve upon this loss? This is a learning experience for them. I think this, is, this will be a true test to see what kind of Aztec team we're dealing with this, this season. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for me. Um, this has been a good first run at the podcast. Indeed. Check us out at EBT News, and have a good day. Thank you very much, everyone.